0: That's Jeremy Bryan,
1: and that's Caroline Steele,
0: and this is HR Alchemist. Hello everyone, and welcome back to HR Alchemist. Due to COVID 19, things have gotten a little bit behind schedule, but I'm happy to share this episode today with you. We were lucky enough to sit down over Zoom with Yasmin Janina, a communication specialist who, over the last five years, has worked in various communication roles with organizations as small as seven and as large as 500. So her diverse experience and curiosity has led her to work in the education industry as well as tech and with nonprofits, corporations and startups in North America, Asia and Europe. In Yasmin's most recent role, she was the community manager at a tech startup here based in Berlin, and that included organizing monthly meetups. So, we asked her to speak with us about how she developed her networking skills and what techniques she recommends to use to connect with people.
2: I grew up in a mixed culture. My parents are both from the Middle East, and they came to the US at different times in the 60s and the 80s. And I Grew up traveling a lot, I guess, um, but when I got into university, I became um, really focused on Asia, and my studies and academics were revolving around Asia and China, um, and I spent some time in China in university, in Shanghai, and then the last three years before moving to Berlin, I was in Cambodia.
1: Okay, so let's talk about your parents and their background of where you grew up as well. I mean, obviously, it shaped a lot of what you do now for work. But you also seem to gravitate towards communities that have a strong sense of like networking inbuilt. So was that your experience as you know, like a third culture child growing up in the U.S., where you really relied on community?
2: I think two very distinct things come to mind when I think of my childhood. Growing up, my dad, ever since I can remember from first grade, was saying. be friends with people older than you. You can learn from them. And this is really the seed that was planted when I was just maybe seven or eight, that it's like, okay to be friends with people who are older than you. And they have something you don't have, which is experience and knowledge. And I think that has really allowed me to connect with older generations in a way that some people um, might not feel as comfortable doing. And the second thing about my upbringing is, I grew up with my mom being a small business owner. And After my parents got divorced, she became the sole caregiver for the family and was really going out there and meeting people and networking. And I have these memories in high school where she would bring me along as a 14, 15-year-old to these large networking events with 50, 100 people, and she would push me to talk to other people and not stand next to her. And I felt, what do I have to say to these people? I'm just this high school student, and how do I even say hello Um, And I have those memories where she was going and doing her thing on one side and I was not uh, having the comfort of being next to her because she wouldn't let me really. And those are two key things that
0: developed where I am today. During those travels, do you feel like you originally just found that this skill was something that you had growing up that you were just really good at and you were using it as sort of like something that was just fun? And then you realized that it could actually be something that could be marketable and be something that you could teach others?
2: I would say the traveling helped me connect with people. So in high school and when I was maybe before university, it was this indirect development, how to connect with people that are different than me in different ways. But come university, I think I realized, especially my senior year, that it's a very important skill to survive and thrive in life. And that particularly came my senior year when I was looking for work, and I started to do informational interviews with alumni, um, and I reached out to them through LinkedIn and was just like, hey, I'm graduating. Can we have a quick call? I'm curious about your career path. And that was where I was really investing a lot of energy in building my network and learning how to present myself professionally to the world, really.
1: Did you notice yourself changing once you sort of left home and went out on your travels? And is there something that really helped you to kind of reach out to people a lot more?
2: I think once I got to university, I was much more comfortable in my skin. I don't know exactly if I'm introverted or extroverted, but it definitely, high school, I was definitely much more on the introverted side and focused on my grades to help me get to the next stage. And yeah, it was something that was really modeled to me through my mom and then exercised in myself through her support. But yeah, I I think it's something we're all capable of doing to some extent, whether you're an introvert, or an extrovert. And that's something I really want to emphasize. The second thing I want to talk about is traveling. And one thing that I really took away from being in Shanghai was stripping away everything that was familiar to me, the language, the culture, the food, the, the huge city that I was in coming from a middle-sized city in the US and figuring out who am I with nothing around me to be familiar. Nothing is familiar to me. Who is Yasmin in this environment? And that really challenged me to think about the building blocks of myself come when I returned back to the States and then traveled and lived in other countries um, to give me the solid identity.
0: Do you have any tips for someone that wants to go and live in a different culture or to spend time with people from different cultures, like something that kind of gets your foot in the door in order to talk to other people?
2: If you just ask two, three, four questions about themselves and are genuinely interested in learning from them and what they have to say, you won't find quietness in that approach. And when you have that perspective, you can build connections with people no matter where you're at.
1: Okay, then let's talk a little bit about the workplace and how this could also be applied there. So you wouldn't use the same techniques in connecting with people in Portland, Oregon that you would use in Cambodia, right? So maybe could you talk a little bit about how you bridge that gap between different cultures and Is there something that kind of works universally?
2: I would say the method I've used for LinkedIn and building cold connections with people through the LinkedIn network has been very similar, no matter which culture I'm in. It's usually a message with some sort of connection as to why I'm interested in this person in particular, a personalized connection. And then I ask them if they're available for a phone call or a coffee meeting. That has worked universally. Um, of course, food is universal. I would say one of the biggest not universal characteristics, what I found between most of Asia and the West is trust. Cambodians take a lot of time to develop trust with. and. That doesn't mean that they're cold or they're rude or anything, but that's just this awareness of this is where they're coming from. And as an American, I tend to have a lot more trust from the beginning and it can be broken later on. I do want to suggest the book, The Culture Map, which really outlines cultures and the context of which you're functioning in relative to other cultures. And that has really put things on paper for me, though it does make some generalizations that I think are not always valid, especially when you meet people who are very mixed and international. But it puts some ideas on paper that
0: are relevant. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the good things that have come from the networks you've built.
2: Like I said in university I was really focused on these informational interviews to figure out which career path to go down. And I made a mistake in my mindset. I thought, okay, the more people I know, the more chances I'll get a job or I'll get recommended for a job or this will lead me to a job. And this is still very much the case. Um, jobs come through word of mouth and that's not to say this isn't happening anymore. So you never know what's going to come from it. It might take a year or years. It might, you know, take a month or whatever, but having the openness of the possibilities is really important as opposed to being so focused on this this will get me a job or this is one step closer to what I need in life.
1: This could be a cultural thing as well, but for me, you know, connection is more about interest in the other person rather than what I can gain from them. And I think some cultures tend to be wary, and this is also going back to what you said about Cambodians, taking a little longer to trust people, You know, because you always wonder, what's the intention behind this person reaching out to me? And I think the warmer you are and the more open you are to knowing about a different person, the easier it is to gain trust as well. You mentioned the, the book, The Culture Map. When I read that book, it kind of gave me a little bit more structure to a thought that I had, and I shared this on... The introductory podcast that we did when we called it coffee versus chai <laughs> and it's the difference between cultures and how a social beverage kind of shows you how the culture works like you know your your work habits so i think that that book really helped me to get a bit more like a, a stronger structure around that that idea of different work habits In your mind, what works with a situation like that when you have a lot of different nationalities? How do you adjust training or communication?
2: One is asking people, asking people what works for them, what doesn't work, especially when you notice maybe things are off. But for example, in Asian culture, generally, people won't be as outspoken. So you as the facilitator or leader have to kind of experiment to figure out what works. So like you try out one strategy and you feel, hmm, this isn't really working and you go the other direction and it seems to be better. So you have to be very intentional and conscious how you're doing things. So in my last position, there was someone from Taiwan and I knew in most of the meetings, he wasn't gonna talk. And he had things and he was thinking and most of the time he didn't talk towards the couple months in, I started asking him in front of the whole group, hey, do you have anything you wanna say? And he had things to say, but not until he was invited, and this was something the book actually outlines, did he start to speak out about things. And he appreciated that.
0: Yasmin is currently writing a book that plays with the concept of time. Her co-author is also someone she met in an event, and here's her describing their first encounter.
2: When you're in these groups of like 10, 15 people and everyone is contributing, you have those people you feel drawn to, what they're saying or the body language or whatever it may be. And I felt really drawn to her and I made sure before she left, because she left early, I like got her contact info. And two hours later, I gave her a phone call and was like, hey, can we get coffee? And that's really what sparked our relationship.
1: I love that. It sounds like you're very intentional about connecting with strangers and building your network. But you know, also in a city like Berlin, it's quite easy to meet people and invite them for a cup of coffee or a drink. And it usually falls flat after the first meeting because everyone's got busy lifestyles to try and find the second meeting or the hook to the third and fourth meeting and continue into a friendship is something that a lot of people struggle with what works for you? What do you do that kind of takes the meeting past the first coffee or the second coffee?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. Cause I just had a meeting with someone like last month. I had met her at a group setting and I had similarly felt connected to her, reached out to her. And she was like, wow, it's really nice to meet someone for the second time after a group event, because exactly what you said, I think people, they don't follow up. They say they will, or they don't get their info or whatever it may be. And, I'm very much a connector in the way that my brain thinks, so I might lose touch a little bit with someone and then something might come up and remind me to message them. Usually, it's nice after maybe one or two meetings to get a WhatsApp or some personal contact info as opposed to just email.
0: Yasmin and I also met through a Facebook group. I reached out to help her with something and she actually followed up by inviting me to a coffee. And I was really delightfully surprised to receive a WhatsApp message pretty soon after. So I can confirm from the receiving side that this is definitely an effective way to stay connected and that proactiveness is what really led us to this conversation today. So why do you believe now, like during the corona crisis, is a good time to intentionally build your network or community?
2: I think a lot of us tend to focus on what we're not able to do or what barriers we're facing now in in this crisis and this unprecedented time. And one thing that I want to really emphasize is whether introverted, extroverted, working from home or having some other challenges, now more than any time actually is a great time to network and build your community. The first reason I think that is because we're all, no matter where you are in the world, under this crisis. And this is an ultimate connecting point. And this can be kind of an icebreaker. You know, what's happening in your city? What's happening in your country? You know, on the ground information on what people are going through The second reason is people have more time. They're not commuting to work necessarily. They're more flexible at their home. They're more comfortable. And we have access to LinkedIn and other platforms where we can just message people that make us feel curious and reach out to them. And the thing I get from people, I think, is that they're afraid of rejection. And and really, you can expect three answers from a cold message. They're not going to respond. They're going to respond and say they're too busy or they have time later or they're gonna say yes. And most of the time people are genuinely nice and if you you know, make the effort you will get people that are saying, yeah, sure, I'll have a call with you. And this is a great time when people want to feel connected to the rest of the world and have more freedom to have a, a voice, a video call or a Google Hangout call and get to know people in your community or outside um, in a way you couldn't before the crisis as much.
0: As Yasmin mentioned she has connected from a young age with people from different generations at the moment she's offering services helping clients build their digital literacy including brand and website development so if that sounds interesting to you please feel free to reach out to her on LinkedIn her name is Yasmin Janina And, um, yeah, thank you so much, Yasmin, for coming, well, coming, (laughs) getting on Zoom with me and Jeremy and talking to us. Um, yeah, so stay safe out there, guys, and stay healthy.